It's been a great time for Marvel fans over this quarantine, with several new shows and movies being announced and released. The most notable of these shows are probably WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and coming out in June, Loki. Today I'm going to be talking about WandaVision as a whole. I have made an episode about this show for the first five episodes, so now we're going to take that information and add it to the new shit we learned, creating the full picture for us to examine. Before we start, I would like to say that these are just my opinions. If you have anything to add, please feel free to email me your thoughts at giachris1234 at gmail.com. There are going to be spoilers ahead, so if you haven't watched the show and are planning to, this is not the episode for you. First, let's talk about characters. I'm not into the comics like lots of the fans are. I'm trying to get into them, but I don't own that many, so there's only so much information a girl can digest. A lot of new characters are introduced into the show, which is amazing for the purpose of WandaVision not only being a stepping stone for Wanda's arc, but also a lot of prominent characters in the Marvel Universe. Most notably, I'm talking about Monica Rambeau, Agatha Harkness, and the twins. Monica was technically introduced in Captain Marvel as a kid. We didn't see much of her in that movie, but we did see her mother, Maria. Maria was Carol Danvers' best friend, and as we more recently find out through the show, the founder of S.W.O.R.D. It was really cool to see her in the show, mainly because in terms of backstory, she had just gone through something as similar as Wanda, where she's going through the grief of losing her mother, Maria. I would love to see them both together again. Um, their dynamic was really interesting. Monica tried throughout the entire show to get Wanda to see that she shouldn't lose herself to her grief and become a villain. I know she'll be back for the Captain Marvel movie, but I would love to see them together again. Now, I want to talk about the powers. Okay, so I believe in the comics, Monica was actually a mutant whose powers manifested naturally. In the show, Monica goes to the Hex twice and then gains her abilities, which could easily be due to the X gene being dormant in her, only being awakened by the Hex's energy. All in all, Monica is a character that deserves more fleshing out, and I'm really excited to see her come back to the big screen when Captain Marvel 2 hits the big screen. Now let's move on to Agatha. Here are the reasons I love Agatha Harkness as a character, okay? She's a witch from the Salem Witch Trials. She's played by Catherine Hahn. She has bomb-ass powers. She's played by Catherine Hahn. She pulls off an evil cackle well, and did I mention she is played by Catherine Hahn? Agatha is such a cool character because she fits into a lot of different categories for villains. You have the gods, characters like Loki who don't age and have an inhuman amount of power. You have the humans, people like King Killmonger or Kaecilion who grew up on Earth and had a human childhood. You have the robots, Ultron, that's the only example that I am coming across. And then you have the aliens. We all know who we're talking about. Hint, hint, wrinkled grape nutsack. Agatha in the comics is a servant of Mephisto and is also the mentor for Wanda Maximoff. She does play into the mentor role a little bit in the show, but Agatha's sole purpose in the show is trying to take Wanda's power. Do I think she'll be a mentor character later on? Definitely. Wanda did make her a permanent fixture in Westview, which may I say is probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. It was so well executed with Catherine's portrayal of Agatha when she turns into the nosy neighbor character just the pain in her eyes it's the best punishment possible it also really highlighted wanda's shift from an avenger who has this need to do justice to this character who has just started straying away from that path of hero um back to agatha though the one thing i loved the most about her character though is her theatricality the whole show centers around tv shows so everyone acts a little bit more exaggerated but even when the facade breaks down she still acts like a bond villain which i find so funny so yeah I really appreciate the, that about her character. 
Let's move on to the last bit of the character section, the twins. This was such a great moment of surprise. I wasn't really sure if they would show up or if Marvel was actually really going to lead into the House of M idea until she got Prego in the Hex. 77 is probably my favorite episode, uh, not only because Wanda has her kids, but also because it was such a heartwarming episode until the very end. I've spoken a lot about my love for Elizabeth Olsen. She's one of my favorite actresses. She's also my, one of my top celebrity crushes and this episode just intensified my love for her by tenfold she's just so darn cute oh my god um also wandavision is my favorite otp i've loved them ever since age of ultron and when i found out they were married in the comics i fell in love with them even more this episode was just such a cute look into vision being like a nervous hubby and wanda just existing as this adorable pregnant woman it was also one of the funniest episodes for me mainly because of her powers going berserk every time she had a contraction just the whole episode was so soft. Anyways, back to the twins. I loved how they were introduced. I The actors were brilliant that were chosen. I love the actors. I love seeing them on screen. Them disappearing in the last episode messed me up, especially the fact that Billy can read minds so he knew what was about to happen and he didn't talk about it just to make sure Tommy didn't freak out. Introducing Speed and Wiccan through the show was such a stellar move because it also sets up Mephisto as a future weapon, future villain. Sorry, I can't talk. While Wanda made their bodies, the souls are real. And in the end credit scene of the last episode, you can hear the two of them yelling for her help while her astral self is flipping through the dark world. So we know they're still present in the MCU and they might be coming back. But we will get into that later on when I talk about what's next for the show. episodes. The best part of this show is that every episode is so different than the other ones. Each one goes through a different decade, starting with the 50s and ending in the 2020s. So in this segment, I'm going to be ranking the episodes and explaining why I did or didn't like them. I want to put this out there. I didn't dislike any of the episodes. I thought they were all amazing, but I just like some of them less. So in ninth place, we have episode four, We Interrupt This Program. This is the first episode set outside the hex, and the reason I like this one the least is just one reason. Hayward. Quite honestly, he was the John Walker of the show. He has this air that whatever he's doing is the right way to go, and it makes me want to punch him in the face. I just want to recognize the actor of Hayward, Josh Stamberg. Um, I also want to shout out Wyatt Russell for that for the same reason. Playing a villain can be super hard, and I know for a fact that those two did their job because there were moments where I was screaming at my screen because he was on it, and I wanted to actually murder them. Um, just a job really well done. You know that you've really done your job if you know the audience is actually hating that they can't differentiate you from the actor so good on them in eighth place we have episode seven breaking the fourth wall this is the episode set in the 2010s and is done a la modern family and the whole thing is just wanda pretty much having an identity crisis and just freaking out we get a lot of gems in this episode with monica getting powers darcy and vision teaming up and the big reveal of her main baddie agatha the reason this episode isn't last place is it's not that it's boring or bad, it just I loved it less than the others. I never really vibe with shows like Modern Family, so it was just because of the stylistic choices of the episode or maybe because of the fact it was way too relatable when she talks about Mondays. Um, did not ask to be called out like that, thank you. In seventh place we have episode one, filmed before a live studio audience. Yet again, this is more of a stylistic choice. The episode overall was the perfect intro to the show, it had the right mix of discomfort and humor to keep the audience on edge. I just don't really like vibe with shows 
like the Dick Bite and Dyke show, which is what the episode was based on, so it was generally harder for me to click with it. The plot of the episode was also kind of lacking compared to the other episodes. We have episodes that were based on their backstories or their powers or the kids. This one was cute and all, but I just got really irritated with Vision's boss pretty quickly. He kept yelling and he was aggra- aggravatingly loud and I just don't have time for that. In sixth place, we have episode five on a very special episode. This was the episode where everything started going to shit. Vision started realizing everything was weird. Fiatro shows up, Wanda and Vision get into their first fight, and Sparky is killed up by Agatha, but they don't know that yet. This was the peak of Wanda's mental breakdown in a way because the one reason she had create for creating this world was threatening to tear it apart. Vision starts trying to break free, and right when it's about to happen, a distraction is created by dragging in fake Pietro. The reason this one is lower is due to Pietro wasn't Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, they didn't really, and also with the fact that they brought in Evan Peters, it made me kind of upset that they didn't really have the decency to even bring in X-Men or connect it to the X-Men universe. I feel like that could have been done by having him there, but they missed the opportunity and it made me really aggravated. In fifth place, we have episode six, all new Halloween Spectacular, Wanda in that outfit. God damn, she looks so pretty, just doing things. Also the cute flirting between Wanda and Vision before they all went out, so cute. Um, this episode had the most Beatrice screen time with the kids. He really kind of went into the whole like fun uncle role. Um, Billy and Tommy do take a forefront in this episode, thus creating more time for me to figure out that Billy is definitely my favorite. You see more of their powers taking shape and things start clicking for Wanda that things might not be okay. Um, we know this because Fiatro literally tells her to her face that he and Vision are dead. He does get yeeted across the courtyard for saying that. But anyways, it also has the most chilling scenes in it with the uh, scenes of people on the outer ring of Westview repeating tasks and crying because she doesn't really spend that much attention on them. Vision ends up leaving the Hex, but he also almost dies, which leads Wanda to expand the Hex, engulfing Darcy, who was just left behind, and we get that stellar interaction with them in the next episode, which is why, um, I kind of like this episode, yeah. Uh, in fourth place, we have episode two, Don't Touch That Dial. This is ranked high for two reasons, the whole first scene and Drunk Vision. The first scene is just so cute. Both of them are in bed, but something keeps waking them up and they're scared and they find out it's a tree branch. It's the peak of their cute domestic lifestyle and I sometimes wish the show was just them in domestic bliss. Also in this episode, Vision does something stupid just for the sake of fitting in and he eats a piece of gum, which you're not supposed to do even if you're a human. Um, but it jams his system, so for the entire episode we get drunk Vision, which would be nice if he was just going home to Wanda and had a nice night in, but they actually have to do a magic show just to fit in with the rest of the neighborhood, creating the funniest magic show I've ever had the pleasure of viewing. Um, we also hear Jimmy Woo's voice for the first time, which is a bonus. Um, Stan Jimmy Woo, he is arguably the best character in the show. That is actually, there's no argument there, he is the best character. In third place, we have episode nine, the series finale. There are a lot of reasons this episode's ranked so high, so I'm gonna paraphrase the list. Um, this is actually the one episode I can't rewatch, mainly because the emotional toll of it is way too high. I forced myself to rewatch it for the sake of making this list, and I was stupid enough to watch it while I was on my cycle. So my emotional stability was incredibly low. I was bawling at the end. We see the twins use their powers more. Monica's a bad bitch, she defends Wanda. Hayward gets arrested, which was the best moment for me. Agatha and Wanda have an epic witch showdown in the sky, and Vision and Vision have the best battle in all of Marvel history. 
This is actually the first time we really see Wanda grow into her title of Scarlet Witch on purpose, not like accidentally make a huge thing because she's sad. And it was really cool to see her really sense her own potential. Vision and Vision's battle, that was also a real joy to watch because I know there were some haters who didn't like their ending shit in, but I thought it was the most in-character thing they could have done. The two versions of Vision debating who the real Vision is by talking philosophy, what could be- that's like literally his character. That's the most in-character thing that could be done. Um, and the ending. Oh my god, the ending destroyed me. I want to thank the writing team for the ending. It was so well written. Um, the line, we said goodbye once, so we'll say hello again. That wrecked me. Just with the small promise of maybe seeing Vision again. And then Wanda sends herself off into a self-opposed exile. Um, which is sad. And I was like, still no one's checking on her. Like, what the fuck? Um, anyways, the end credit scene lifted my spirit slightly, though, because as I said, Mephisto and the Twins Places are kind of set for phase four, so I was kind of, I was kind of down with that. In second place, we have episode eight, previously on. This episode is something I can rewatch, but it still makes me cry, so I tend not to do it. Um, it's pretty much Agatha forcing Wanda to walk through her past life and see how she ended up where she is while making a lot of smiley remarks. So, yeah, pretty much just a walk through memory lane to see how she ended up trapping hundreds of civilians in a make-believe sitcom special set in a town that nobody knows about. Uh, fun. We learned about the reason she chose Westview. It's where Vision had actually planned to settle down with her after the Avengers eventually made up, which is so sad. I cried so hard when I found out that part. Um, we see how her parents died, which was traumatic. Um, we listen to Vision console her after the death of Pietro, which gave birth to my favorite line in all of TV history, what is grief if not love persevering? Because that is such good wisdom. Pretty much a front row seat to the beginning of the relationship. We witnessed the creation of her powers and the genesis of the Hex. This was the episode that we got majority of our answers from uh, all the questions that we've been building up in the past seven episodes. Added bonus, we see uh, Agatha finally realize Wanda as her alias, which is the Scarlet Witch, which is the best moment ever. Um, I love that. Yeah. Now, finally, first place, we have episode three, now in color. I mentioned this was my favorite episode earlier, but I will reiterate the reasons. We get to see more domestic WandaVision, this time in color. They both look amazing. We get more Monica presence. Wanda's powers start to go haywire. She eventually gives birth with Monica's help. Above all though, we finally see Wanda break character and kick out Monica from the hex. It was the start of us figuring out as an audience that something is seriously wrong and that Wanda might not be as innocent as she seems. Moving on to questions. This show left me with so many blanks to fill in, so I'm just gonna ask all the questions here and maybe we'll look back at this with answers to them in the next few years. Hmm? Number one, why did Hayward want to revive Vision? So when we first see Vision's body, we see him pulled apart and dissected on a bunch of lab tables. We hear that heartbreaking line from Wanda that confirms that the version of him that we see is dead and gone. Uh, the line, I can't feel you anymore, which actually wrecked him. I started crying so hard when I heard that. Uh, and Hayward made it seem like she was crazy for wanting his body back, but that poses a question for Hayward. Why do you need to revive that version of Vision? You obviously pulled him apart enough to know his schematics and inner workings, and you probably lifted stuff off of Tony Stark, so you know how to make a new Vision. So why didn't you just go that route? You don't have to revive him. Uh, speaking of that kind of version of J Vision, where did he go? 
that's number two where did white vision go so after the philosophical debate in which hex vision imparts his memories to white vision which i have to also mention what what the fuck were they thinking with that color scheme you could have kept him looking the same and what the fuck white vision come on man that's not my favorite white boy uh homeboy just yeets himself out of there where the hell did he go it's not like you can miss a, a white android flying out of a collapsing magic dome i'm gonna talk more about what i think happened is what i think is going to happen in the white vision storyline but i'm i just have to take a quick second to commend paul bettany for being fucking immortal in the mcu that man just can't die like he starts off as a faceless ai jarvis then he gets that ai gets killed by ultron and then he gets put into vision and then vision dies so you see dead vision but he is also hex vision and then he fights himself which is white vision and it's like white vision leaves so white vision's obviously still alive he can never die like that's so cool i love that um paul bettany is one of my favorite actors within um the mcu because i just find him like such a joy to watch on screen and like just so adorably like curious and wanting to know more about humanity and he's just vision's one of my favorite characters i love him dearly so yeah um i'm really excited to see where he goes with that because watching paul bettany be vision with no emotion is going to be fucking terrifying and i'm so excited about it number three who was jimmy woo checking on when he was introduced formally in the show so when we first meet jimmy he states that he's checking in on a witness that was in westview for witness protection who the hell was that it made me so annoyed because they never flushed that out. My obvious answer would have been Ralph Boner and that Ralph is actually Peter Maximoff in Witness Protection, but they never flushed it out. So we never actually find out if sh if he's checked on that person, um, which is scary because what happens to them? Um, anyway, number four, where did Agatha's powers come from? Oh, this is, this is a big one for me. So every other villain in the MCU is explained super thoroughly in their movies. We have explanations for where they come from, how they got their powers, what their motivations are based on where they came from and how they got their powers. But Agatha has like the most vague backstory of all time. We don't know where she got her powers from or how they got amplified. We just know that she was alive during the Wade and Salem witch trials and she managed to survive living through the next 400 years and ending up in Westview. That's all we know about her, which is so aggravating. But I'm hoping that as the time goes by and we see more of Wanda's story unfold, we also learn more about Agatha and that she comes back and we learn more about who she is and how she amplified her powers. Maybe as like a weird teaching moment between her and Wanda. Really excited for that. Number five, who the hell is Fiatro? I feel like this is the biggest question. There were so many conspiracy theories about like how um, the reason why Pietro wasn't Aaron Taylor Johnson in this show. Um, I don't know why it made me sound like I'm gonna cry. I'm not emotional, sorry. Um, but I honestly believe them too. So what a lot of people thought was that, um, Pietro was brought in during the 80s episode and around the time that X-Men was taking place, Peter Maximoff was around the same age that he is in wandavision in the 80s so like they thought like maybe she breached a gap between a reality and he and she ended up drawing in the wrong pietro or peter in this case but no do you know who we got we got fucking ralph boner they brought in evan peters for a dick joke which is so upsetting and like rude like i can take it for face value as like oh it's a funny joke but like that's so degrading to evan peters as like an actor because like i bet he was so excited to play peter maximoff again and then it ended up being like this shit. And it makes me so sad. But yeah, 
makes me really annoyed. Uh, yeah, let's move on to what should happen next. What should happen next? There's a lot of loose ends at the end of the show and I'm super excited to see where the loose ends take us. First order of business, I need a show where Darcy and Jimmy Woo solve crimes together. Uh, it's kind of like X-Files, but it's Jimmy and Darcy instead of Mulder and Scully. Uh, because those two were such a dynamic duo in the show and I would need more of them. And I feel like it would be such a great show to just have as like, it's not really based on an actual MCU plotline is just a fun thing of like the two of them solving crimes together and I think they would be really cool and like a, such a nice fun watch. Next I do have a feeling that in the next Marvel movie uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness or even like further on into phase four Wanda will start veering more towards a villainous path. I wouldn't be surprised. I, okay if we're looking at her story Wanda started off as a semi-villain who gets turned into a hero, and then after losing her brother, she then becomes a full-blown Avenger for who, for some reason, cannot catch a break, um, is labeled as a terrorist at every turn. After choosing Cap, she's turned into public enemy number one, which didn't matter to her because she had Vision on the side, and then Vision dies, and she's alone because literally after being dusted and coming back and murking Thanos, no one checks up on her after the funeral. Now she creates an opportunity to have the people that she lost come back, but she has to deconstruct it because she's hurting people surrounding the area, and so she's alone again. And this is all because no one appreciated her as a hero. So the plans for Wanda? Therapy and a nice psychotic break. She's definitely going to be a villain for a bit, or at least an anti-hero like Deadpool. At least in Vision comes back. Speaking of Vision, White Vision, person, my god, we last left off with him regaining memories and heating himself off, but I have a feeling he's going to come back. Um, and then when he does come back, uh, it's going to take him a while to figure out his humanity yet again and figure out who he wants to be. And if he even wants to still be with Wanda after having all those memories come back of his love for her. And if they do end up being back together, I feel like she's going to come back and be more of a hero and then maybe they together save their kids. Because I do think Mephisto will become a villain in Phase 4. But, yeah. Monica, I obviously said she's going to end up being in the Captain Marvel 2 movie. Um, she's definitely going to help Carol Danvers. I know there's some beef between them. Uh, she did kind of make a face when Jimmy said Captain Danvers and whatever. So there's some sort of tension there. But other than that, I think they're going to have a lot of fun up in space. And yeah, uh, let's resolve the episode because that's pretty much all I have. Uh, sorry for being out for so long, but let's resolve the episode. As always, thank you all for listening to this episode of The Musics of a Raging Introvert. I actually really enjoy this show, WandaVision, so you guys should definitely go check it out if you haven't watched the show and you listened to this episode for whatever reason. Definitely go check it out. It's a lot better when you watch it in on a screen. It's so good. Um, I hope you continue to listen to this podcast. My socials are at Gia726 on Insta, at Gia.k on TikTok, and G1A on YouTube. If you enjoy listening to stories and true crime, you can check out my other podcast, Weird and Wacky Tales with Gia, where I talk about stories from mythology and true crime cases. COVID is still prominent in the U.S., so wear masks, stay away from social gatherings, and make sure to get vaccinated. I managed to get both of mine um, in honor of me graduating fun. And yeah, support the BLM movement by donating to bail funds, signing petitions, attending protests, and spreading, spreading awareness. I'm also going to link anti-Asian hate crime resources down below, so you can check those out as well. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Stay safe, stay sane, stay territory. I'll see you next time, and bye! Toodles! <laughs>